When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do too. They're just non-consecutive days. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to break down some of the chatter around the league this week. It's been a quiet uh, couple of weeks in the offseason, but this week, you know, you have some OTAs, you have some talk happening, you have some tryouts, you, you know, there's there's going to be a lot going on. So we kind of break down some of the latest information on, uh, you know, what to expect and kind of the idea of some of these players in the world of fantasy as uh, as well. And of course we end the show with our infamous movie corner. As always, I am joined Mr. Fox. How are you, bud? Oh no, the movie corner has become infamous now. (laughs) It's a dangerous sign. Uh, Doing pretty good this weekend. uh, It's looking, shaping up a lot better Uh, last weekend. Uh, when we did our show, it was just starting to rain, and then uh, Friday night we into Saturday morning, we got 12 inches of snow. Uh, I lost half the limbs on my trees, didn't see the sun for a couple of days, didn't see 50 degrees for a few days, which was an interesting way to celebrate the kids getting out of school. And uh, this week now, it's supposed to be like 86, so go home, Colorado, you're drunk. Yeah, exactly, and this weather's getting on my nerves. I'll tell you what, last friday i think it was i was playing video games and lightning struck and it was like a lightning thunder struck and i felt my entire house shake i swear it hit the house and thank god we we are good nothing happened nothing was you know rumbled but it was one of the scariest moments i've had it was it was terrifying so yeah um with that being said we're gonna just you know like i said we're gonna run down some things that we heard this week um colin kaepernick tried out for the oakland raiders right now there's no deal intimate uh uh imminent and you know it's crazy because i feel like they, they said it's been going on for weeks so obviously it's not a publicity stunt um from what we understand um i do know there is the aspect of kaepernick does have a documentary coming out um, so that I don't know if that plays any factors into this, whether and I'll be honest with you, if you look at the Raiders Raiders roster, I mean, their backup quarterbacks are horrible. So, you know, and but looking at a guy that hasn't played in four or five years is that much better. So it, it's interesting to see. We know Carr's the guy they just gave him one hundred million dollars or whatever it was. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I do think that. um I don't really know how I feel about it. Obviously, we know Carr's the guy. If, if Cap can be a backup, that's great. It's going to bring a lot of animosity towards the media. There's going to be a lot of conversations if he were to sign and stuff like that. So I don't know if he signs, but good for Kaepernick, good for the Raiders giving him the opportunity. But that's really all I have on that. What about you, Fox? Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll have to see uh, where it ends up going. A quarterback is not a – as deep a position as it once used to be, even some of the starting quarterback situations are a little bit uh, interesting. This is clearly a backup position. I mean, they came out and uh, reconfirmed that, and Kaepernick said that he would be happy to take anything. I'll be curious. He played uh, at Nevada for college. Um, So 
you know, it might be nice for him coming back home because they're right there in Las Vegas. They obviously need something behind Derek Carr. They had Marcus Mariota the last few years. Back quarterback can be an incredibly important position because if you lose your top end guy and you still want to compete, that's something Josh McDaniels has certainly seen before. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if something gets done, but I also wouldn't be shocked if nothing gets done. It's hard to know what Kaepernick has left. Uh, you know, and I don't mean this to be negative, but if if any of us stopped, you know, if I stopped writing for five years, I don't know how good of a writer I'd be coming back. If, you know, if we stopped hosting the show, well, that would probably be just about the same. But uh, you, know, you haven't, he has not played. It's It was like 2016, 17. Yeah. That's a 18, maybe. It's and don't get me wrong, like time. you watch the videos, he looks like he's in great shape, but like being in great shape and being able to get hit shape is two totally different things. Like it's, it's, it's a lot to kind of go through, but if he signs, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Raiders. I do think that he has the opportunity to prove himself to be a backup in the league. He's okay being the backup, et cetera, et cetera. You mentioned a guy that um, was the backup for the Raiders, and um, there's been a lot of chitter-chatter about the connection between these two gentlemen down in Atlanta, and that is Marcus Mariota and Kyle Pitts. Apparently, they're developing a connection. Um, Fox, I'll let you kick it off. How do we feel about that? I guess a little bit depends on how do you feel about the Falcons in general. I personally don't think the Falcons are trying to win. I still have them. Uh, I've been working on conference power rankings. I, I have them right at the bottom of the NFC, which probably means right at the bottom of the league. They've been depleted. I think they're in the process of flipping the roster over. That being said, I always thought Mariota was a guy I wanted to see get a second shot. Um, he has some weapons there with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. They're in a division that will be more up-tempo. Um, so I think there's some possibility there. Bad teams are bad if you're a fan, but they're not necessarily bad for fantasy. Sometimes that can be some great garbage time points. Points are points in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Like people always like, oh, they don't have anybody on their team and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, they might be losing by 30 in every game, but it doesn't really matter. If I get points in the first quarter, I get points in the fourth quarter. It doesn't really matter to me as long as I get those points. You know what I mean? Kyle Pitts, top five, you know, maybe top three, uh, you know, dynasty tight end right now. You know, maybe even number one probably in some aspects could be number one in somebody's book. Um, but I I love to hear it. You know what I mean? I am on the let's go Mariota. I don't really care if that team goes 0-17. I just want Mario to have a good season. You know what I mean? I agree with you. I've always wanted to see him um, kind of come back and, and get a second opportunity, kind of like what Trubisky is getting up there and well, maybe he might be getting up there in Pittsburgh. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you want to kind of see them succeed based on the fact of, of, of it's not that he was a failure in Tennessee. He got let down by a lot of different aspects of Tennessee's team. You know what I mean? Whether it was yeah. the coaching staff, whether it was how they drafted, whether how they used him. And then, of course, injuries kind of came into play. So I'm, I'm rooting for Mariota. And speaking of team that has weapons but doesn't have weapons, but maybe they have weapons, we don't know what it's going to look like on the outlook of fantasy-wise. As Mahomes says, everyone will get involved in Kansas City. What does that mean for what does that mean for fantasy owners? Well, what it means for fantasy owners, congratulations, Mahomes owners. Everybody else, 
I mean, I also say this. I mean, Kelsey is 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 going to be a lock for his 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 piece of the pie, right? You know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see what he does because if you realize some of the things over the years with with Mahomes and and Hill, they kind of went back and forth some weeks on one was producing, one wasn't producing, one had a big octane game, the other one didn't. They didn't always come together to have a big game together. Sometimes they did, but it wasn't as as often as you would expect. So, you know, you have a guy like, you know, Travis Kelsey, who is a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he's, you know, obviously one of the best, if not the best tight ends in football. So, you know, you can't help but wonder, I guess you could say is, is you know, it's not with what's left in the tank, but what do teams do with him? You know what I mean? Do they you know, do they dare try to take him out of the game? Because we're, if we're being honest, it's, it's a possibility. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's, it's a big time possibility. So I'll be interested to see what he does this season, but they have a lot of other pieces on this roster. And it's not to say any of them are any better than the other. You know what I mean? It really doesn't. You know what I'm saying? When I look at the, the, the grand scheme of things here, I don't particularly think that this team has the, the be all end all from top to bottom, but I still think they can be competitive. I mean, obviously you're looking at Juju Smith Schuster is probably their number one receiver. Marcos Valdez Canting is number two. You still have Josh Gordon. Justin Watson is apparently breaking out um, and showing Rappaport there with, with Mahomes. You have Cornell Powell, you have um, McCall Sky Hardman, Moore. you have who? Sky Moore. Guy Moore, um, they you know what also I mean? signed uh, oh the dude from from Clemson. Um, oh, Justin, Justin, Justin uh, Ross, Justin Ross. Ross. There we go, Justin Ross. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, yeah. So it's it's interesting to kind of see what um, is expected. Um, but for me, I don't know how far I'm going to be near that. Uh, those weapons. What about you, Fox? Yeah, so I think you're right, um, Mahomes. Um, and Mahomes is probably the safest uh, choice um, to be a you know a top three quarterback. But I also think he's doesn't have the greatest um, potential to be number one anymore because we saw this last year. Kansas City used to be thrown all over the field. Defense is adjusted, and even last year we started seeing that spreading it around. These are Travis Kelsey's actual game logs from 2021, 22.6 points, 20.4 points, 13.9 points, 4.3 points, 14.7 points, 13.9, 10, 2.7 points, 15 point 15.3, 15.9, 16.3, 4.2, 4.2, 36.1, 10.9, 11.4. So you have some huge boom games and you have a lot of good games, but you also have some Valley games because that was kind of what Kansas city ended up doing. And I think you're going to see a lot more boom bust options all around the offense that happened with Hill last year. Uh, At the end of the day, a few of those guys are going to be top 24 receivers. Uh, Travis Kelsey is still going to be a top five tight end, but the points aren't going to be consistent all the time. Well, that was kind of the change we saw coming to Kansas City last year. I actually think that's part of why they were okay with trading Tyreek Hill and repurposing that money and steering into that vision of having, hey, let's have six or seven guys that contribute instead of two guys that are the main focus. And it'll be better for them 
as an offensive football team, but it's not necessarily great for us in fantasy. I agree. It's just, it's, it's a, the dice I'm not willing to go down. You know what I mean? I actually, I really like Ronald Jones as a, as a sleeper in that offense. I really feel like he's going to, I feel like he's going to take that job. Ronald Jones is a good running back. He does have his issues, but I think he's better than CEH, but it's a different conversation for, I think a different day. Uh, Let's talk about some guys waiting, some waiting on some money. First up, Kyler Murray, Um, the Browns really set the market um, for future signings of quarterbacks um with what they did with Deshaun Watson with that 285 million dollar guaranteed um I really feel like there's 31 NFL owners that are really just not pleased with what the Browns did because they guaranteed every single dollar on that contract um and and when you look at somebody like Kyler Murray who He's, pro- he's produced, yes, but this is a team that's faltered down the stretch. Whether you want to blame the blame the quarterback or not blame the quarterback, I mean, you you look at his stats as well. Kyler Murray's stats down the stretch down the stretch aren't that great. Is Kyler Murray the answer? Now the problem is you just can't find these guys off the streets. You know what I mean? You've got teams that are 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 struggling to to find. Um, to find that, you know, their guy, you know what I mean? You have franchises that are, that are struggling to even, you know, come about, you know, great players year in and year out. But I mean, if you're looking at somebody like Kyler Murray, I mean, down the stretch, he had some, you know, he had some good games, you know what I mean? But he just couldn't close them out. And some games he just kind of struggled. I mean, we're looking at the back half of the season, you know, he had two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven touchdowns, three interceptions, which is not terrible, but the loss to the Lions was, was befuddling. The loss to the Colts, you know, a close game. They did beat Dallas the last game of the season where they, they, they you know, they, they lost that game. I, I just, I don't know if, if Kyler Murray is a $200 million man, but I also don't know what to make of that because Kyler, you have to pay him, I think, right? Yeah, so what's interesting to me is, is it Kyler Murray or is it Cliff Kingsbury? Because Cliff Mm -hmm. Kingsbury's teams have folded like a paper sack at the back end of a season going all the way back to, I believe it was 2014 when he was a college coach. So fascinating to me was that they gave Kingsbury a huge seven-year extension, basically committing to him. You know, Kyler Murray... Has he been incredible? No, he hasn't been. But if you were going to look at like his production and what he's done with Arizona, is it that much less than what we saw Deshaun Watson do in Houston? We're not talking about Watson winning titles in Houston. Is it that much less than what we've seen Dak do in Dallas? I mean, Dallas hasn't even always been a playoff team. And some of those guys got these huge, rich contracts. That's just where the market's going. Is Kyler Murray... His, his production and what he means to the team any less than what Kirk Cousins got. I mean, Kirk Cousins has had some massive uh, money contracts, hasn't gotten a lot done. Matt Ryan has a huge, massive money deal. Um, and, you know, we have he did at least get to a Super Bowl at one point in time, but hasn't in a couple of years. I think that's just where the market is for quarterbacks. So for Arizona, what they have to ask themselves is, are we willing to stay in that market or do we want to start over and, and do a draft 
situation again it seemed like kingsbury picked kyler murray as his guy and has been building with him um they seem like they're a partnership that wants to stay together i would think eventually it gets done a lot of these kind of deals with uh, players who are coming up on the end of their rookie contracts usually end up getting done in this dead period between the end of the draft uh, the end of early otas and before training camp starts so i wouldn't be surprised if there's some movement for him and for some of these wide receivers during this period. Yeah, you have Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaren, all looking for deals, all waiting for deals. Some saying they're going to play, some saying they're not going to play. Um, I do have to believe that the 49ers must know something about Debo or something about, you know, the potential of signing him because honestly, the opportunity to deal him was on draft day. I think, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. There's still an opportunity to deal him now. I just feel like there's nothing more ripe than the present mode of trading him on, you know, day one of the NFL draft or even day two for that matter. Like what um, happened with AJ Brown. I mean, yeah, that would have exactly. made, if that's, if the 49ers were inclined to move him, you would have thought they would have done a deal like that, moved him and gotten a wide receiver in return. Now, the thing about it is, is obviously we're, we're talking about the chitter chatter. Trey Lance is going to be the guy now officially, apparently, um, which isn't much of a surprise, but it is kind of a surprise. Um, I also don't believe it, but. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it is what it is type of scenario. Um, I, I think you've got to, I think you've got to pay these guys. I mean, DK, I'm, I'm hot and cold on DK. I think, I mean, his season projects to be hot and cold. You know, if he faces a good cornerback, I don't know if DK is all that. Um, actually, if his I'm quarter, in Seattle, his quarterback situation is by far the worst of all these guys. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. My thing is this: is if I'm Seattle, I'm trying to deal Metcalf. I don't think that we're winning Super Bowls anytime soon. And I understand Pete Carroll's still there, and I don't know what that really means because I don't understand why he's still there, honestly. Um, but for me, I truly believe that I would deal Metcalf, deal Metcalf, you know, to, to one of these teams. You might not get the first rounder that you're looking at, but maybe if you can get a two or, you know, a two and a three or something like that, one of these teams might be willing to, to give up that in order to pay a receiver that they might not be able to get on the open market. You know what I mean? I, I, I just don't feel comfortable paying him either way. I really don't know if I do. Like, he's just too inconsistent for me. Now, don't get me wrong on the overall season. At least that's the thing. Like this is this, the consistency is really lacking outside of these top key weapons. You know what I mean? We don't get guys that get 10 points every week anymore. You know what I mean? Have, what a week where Metcalf got a goose egg. You know what I mean? Like, and he still had the targets. It wasn't like he didn't have the targets. Offense is weirdly ran. I think they're going to go very run centric with that offense. I think that we're going to have two, you know, you have, you know, they'll probably run the ball 30 or 40 times a game. I mean, you're talking about Drew Locke at quarterback. And what, Geno Smith. Smith is our B option? I, I don't know. I, I but Actually, apparently, according to reports, Geno Smith is now the A option. Whoever's A and whoever's B, they both suck. But uh, I, I personally would pay Debo just because I feel like he's one of the most dynamic athletes that we have in this game. And he's able to do it through both sides of the field, which I do know that he is holding that over the 49ers head. Um, which I don't blame them. You know what I mean? If I'm going to take those extra hits. Well, then... what's fascinating though, is it seems like the whole reason Debo wants to be traded is he doesn't want to be a runner anymore. And I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Like it, it, the thing about it is, is I don't know how I feel about that, but either way, pay the man. I think you should pay the man. But Terry well, McLaren. I think that does play into his 
contract potential though because what's made him so dynamic is that he's a multifaceted player who you're using in the i mean he got easily a third of his fantasy points because he was producing on the ground and getting in the ground and touchdowns if you were looking at him as just a pure receiver is he getting an aj brown type deal i don't know about that yeah his i mean his stats don't really reflect that i mean he don't get me wrong he did have 1405 yards this year and, and six touchdowns had a massive year um you know but you're also talking about a guy you know he didn't miss some games the year prior but he's looking around that same deal in my opinion like the, all three of these guys are looking at that aj brown deal and saying that's what we want and, and and maybe maybe we want a little bit more when it comes to debo samuel maybe we want a little more when it comes to terry mclaren you know what i mean like terry mclaren's out here producing with you know some of the most random mixed options of anybody. And if we're looking at any of these three guys, it's been the most consistent. It's him. I mean, he's had, he had 900 plus yards in three straight seasons. You know, we were looking at a guy that's had over a thousand yards in back-to-back years. So it's, it's not that he's not producing and he's producing these numbers without a viable passer. So I, I like the idea of, I think Washington needs to. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, McLaren, because I don't feel like they can pull McLarens out of their tail. And I don't feel like they're, they're, they're a type of franchise that can attract a McLaren in free agency per se. You know what I mean? McLaren's probably a top, what, 15 receiver in football in actual yeah. football and then fantasy obviously as well. So it'll be interesting to see if these guys get paid. Um, are you buying any of these guys if they're, if they're on the dip? Um, you know, I, I like Debo. I'd like to know the role. I actually think if he moves to a different team, I'm more excited. Uh, I, you and I are both a little down on San Francisco. I'll be even more down on them if they really think that Trey Lance is their answer. Um, Terry McLaren is the one that I feel the best about. I think Washington will end up re-upping him because he's a central part of their offense. Metcalf is the one that I have the most concerns about because Seattle doesn't feel like a team with a plan. And if he ends up staying in Seattle, are we kind of, watching an Allen Robinson situation play out where he might be a guy trapped in a middling offense with middling quarterback play who actually have another decent receiving option in Tyler Lockett who might you know be an easier receiver and they have a ton of tight ends now they have no fan he has now more actual passing weapon competition in a less robust passing game which is fascinating He's someone that, for me, I'd to get excited about him again, I'd have to see him move. I actually dropped him out of my top 12 dynasty ranks, not because of his talent, but because his situation is horrific. Yeah, and you're talking about two quarterbacks. Are they going to be able to, to stay in the pocket long enough to – they're not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson ran for his life in a lot of his time in Seattle. So Geno Smith and Drew Locke, I'm sorry, are not – to get together, they're not Russell Wilson. And I'm so, not even sure if they get Baker Mayfield, if that makes me feel that much better. No, because Baker Mayfield's inconsistent too. So 
and he's, you know, he might be getting better at running for his life, but I just, you're, you're right there with, I keep forgetting Lockett's there. I don't know why they don't trade some of these guys. I mean, they just don't have any value to well, this that's, team. That's where it's been hard to tell what Seattle's plan is because when they moved on from Wilson, some of the other, you know, they moved on from Bobby Wagner, some of these bigger pieces, it seemed like, okay, they're going into a rebuild, which would make sense. They're a super competitive division. They couldn't win staying where they were. They probably need to shed some of this cap and move on but then i don't get keeping both lockett and metcalf i could understand if you kept one because you're trying to build around something but and what is your plan and you traded too yeah and they traded for fans and picked up yeah. his fifth year options now you have kind of a big passing weapon tight end they re-signed will disley and then they they drafted you know a running back i don't know exactly what they're doing i would have thought offensive line defense needed some help especially to compete because i don't feel i feel like where they're at right now is a five to seven win team yeah and you have the capital in the future to really build upon a rebuild you know what i mean and if you trade a metcalf and even if you trade metcalf and Lockett, you trade both those guys you might get twos and threes for those guys and you've already got some draft capital from from denver that you're, you're already sitting in your back pocket for next year. You know what I'm saying? So you have the capital there to really rebuild and potentially retool this offense within a, a shorter amount of time frame than most teams do because you have the capital in order to do it. And, and that's maybe- where I wonder, you know, if Metcalf wasn't on essentially a contract year, is Seattle maybe tanking and bottoming out this season to use a top draft pick to try to get a quarterback next year? which would make sure. some sense. You know, Locke is on the last year of his rookie deal, Geno Smith, you know, maybe that's why, even if they went for Baker Mayfield, he's on the last year of a deal. deal too, but, yeah. you know, if you're not trying to win, it would make sense you don't want him and you would go with the quarterbacks you have. But then what is your strategy with Lockett? Maybe, you know, maybe the Bears are going to come in at the last minute with their cap space and actually get Justin Fields a weapon from one of these teams. I doubt that. Uh, real quick, <laughs> break down the NFL updated IRL rules. Um, so IR last year was sort of a free-for-all because they maintained being in the COVID situation where players could drop onto the IR for a week. You had an unlimited amount of players that could come on and off the IR, which made it very interesting from a fantasy perspective, trying to keep track of everything. They have reined that in a little bit. Uh, They have expanded the IR slots you used to pre-COVID. I think you could have three players designated to return. Now you can have eight players designated to return. Players must remain on the IR for at least four weeks. So none of this dropping a guy to IR for a week or two. They have to stay on there for at least four weeks. I think that will actually end up being better in helping you plan for fantasy. Um, A lot of dynasty leagues and even redraft leagues have had to expand IR slots to the max because of the way IR was so fungible um, in seasons past. I think we're seeing a little bit more of reining that in. It also means that I think we're going to see a lot more game day decisions where a guy, they don't know if he's going to be able to go but they know that they don't want to stick him on ir for four weeks so they're just carrying him and he's just you know questionable on the practice report or doubtful all week so it's going to be very interesting from a strategy standpoint um but i'm kind of excited to see what it does the other thing that they have decided to keep going forward is the expanded practice squad which means more guys get to have jobs which is never a bad thing yeah i like that movement as well um we all know that at some point in time in our fantasy 
time, we've used that AR, IR to our advantage, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. I will not claim one way or another, but... Uh, what do you mean sometimes? Yeah. I, I, I get. Some of those sleeper leagues where people aren't paying attention, they configure the IR and they allow you to drop suspended players on there. I'm not going to say I don't have Calvin Ridley on a couple IRs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, folks, thanks for listening to the fantasy football portion of our show. We're going to break down into our uh, movie corner, which we do each and every week here. Um, quite a lot to talk about. I'm going to break down what's out real quick before we dive into anything um, for the folks that are looking to jump into theaters, we have Top Gun Maverick, which I have boosted up to my number one film of 2022. Um, I believe it is one of the best action movies I have ever seen. Um, if you do not hear us come back for a podcast next week, it's because Matthew Fox did not like the film and I officially am looking for a new co-host. Also, also, let's uh, take a minute to pour one out for On the Count of Three, which has been your number one movie for like 23 months. It, it, it is. Uh, it was it was such an interesting move to make. I was really I was really like, oh, my. Like, I don't look. So this is the thing about Top Gun and I'll break it down. And this is spoiler free if you haven't seen it yet, obviously, because Matt hasn't seen it yet. But for me. You have a continuation of a movie 36 years later, right? That's that's so they could have really played on the nostalgia factor and just played with that. But not only do they do that, they, they, they cover the nostalgia perfectly, but they also don't stay stuck in that nostalgia. A lot of things stay stuck in the nostalgia and, and they didn't do that. So not only did they do the nostalgia. They introduce new characters in it, in, in, in a beautiful way, and storylines that intertwine back and forth. And not only do you have that, then you factor in these incredible action sequences that you are literally stuck in your seat, like holding your breath, feeling like you are inside these jets. And it's not just one; there's several of them, and you're just like. I, I can't recommend seeing not only just seeing this movie, but seeing this in in some sort of theater that has extra something for you, whether it's IMAX, whether it's Dolby, whether it's I don't I don't know. I'm going that, to XD. So I, I don't know if I would recommend Screen X, where you got the screens around you, or the or whatever it is. Just add a little extra umph to your screening, and it's just I've always liked Miles Teller. And I always felt like his career trajectory has been weird because like after Whiplash, it should have been like a little bit higher and it really hasn't. I really enjoyed him in the offer, whether people like that movie for what it is or isn't. He's incredible in it. Um, he's phenomenal in this. And, and of course, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. And, and I don't think there's anybody, there's not a lot of people like Tom Cruise. And He's one of the greatest action stars I think we've ever seen. And his career trajectory is insane. Just to think back of, of where he started to where he's and, and then Top Gun. And then you have the Magnolias. And then you have the top, uh, then you have the Jerry Maguires of the world. You have all of these serious style movies. And then you have that trajectory change into, of course, my one of my favorite performances of his Tropic Thunder. And then you kind of go up and up and up. And then, of course, now you have the transition into the Mission Impossible phase of his career where he's done a lot of uh, 
the, the edge of tomorrows and, and stuff like that where he's done a lot of action style movies and and he he pushes the envelope more than anybody else does you can tell and it's just incredible i, I i'm still blown away i walked into that movie with just okay expectations i rewatched top gun it's such a bro movie it's not even funny it's it's a fine movie it's good has a great soundtrack this one just it has a soundtrack anyway look if there isn't a protracted beach volleyball scene this movie can't get more than three stars for me i'm sorry i (laughs) there's a better moment there's a better than there's a better moment than the volleyball scene so yeah, for anyone that follows me on Letterbox, that was that was when I dropped in. I did my obligatory Top Gun rewatch last week. Um, also out this weekend is the Bob's Burgers movies. If you like Bob's Burgers, you'll probably like the movie. If you don't like Bob's Burgers, like I don't, or don't watch Bob's Burgers and watch it anyway, it's what it is. What it is, what it is. Uh, so did where did you feel lost? Did you understand the movie? I didn't or you feel just lost didn't, at all. I just just didn't care for it. I just. No burgers were ever cooked. Bob never cooked any burgers. So those, uh, the trailer for that is decidedly. Um, and it's like a part a musical. Choice. It's part oh, musical. Oh God! So I'm all the way out. I will, you know. Had you put it on the banana meter, I would have had some time where I would have had to do some deep professional reflection to decide if I could go. But I did. So you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, let's see. What else is out? Emergency um, on Amazon Prime. On Prime Video. Incredible film. It was very good. I thought it was very poignant. Um, very timely story. Some really good performances up at the top there. That was one that you saw at Sundance that's finally making its play out. It's, I'm very excited. Some of these, some ones I didn't get to see at Sundance. I can't wait to see Leo Grant because I know you like that one. That comes out in a couple of weeks so on good. Hulu. Uh, but emergency um, was very, very powerful. I vaulted that up into my top 10 after watching it today. Yeah, very, very good film. Uh, a perfect pairing dropped, I think, on, on Netflix. Not but, great. Not bad. Victoria Justice. I love her. I'm just going to throw that she, out. You know, there. that Afterlife of the Party was kind of incredible, dialogue, but she made it work. Yeah. I'd like to, I, I don't. I'd like to get her. I'd like to get her out of this bubble. This this rom com. She must bubble. have some kind of like uh, sad movie deal. deal with Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. It wasn't nearly as fun as the after party, um, which I love. The after whatever the, I'm gonna call it, whatever I want to call it, because this is our show. Um, also dropping this weekend. Obviously, there's two little shows you probably never heard of. One, Stranger Things. Uh, season four part one is dropped or it already dropped yeah it dropped um one thing for sure is i'm glad that i didn't get an advanced screening of it even though i asked for it um i don't have to i can watch it and kind of enjoy it i do think about i thought about that the other day i was like or maybe yesterday i don't know what day it was but i was like man it's kind of nice sometimes not getting screeners of things because then you don't feel obligated to have to review it like perfect pairing I watched it and I wrote a little small thing on on letterbox and move on with my life type of thing. But it's going to be nice because, you know, it, these episodes are, you know, about as long each episode is about as long as the Irishman. So it's it's going to be quite a a long journey and a trek like you can't sit like most episodes, like most just I sat down and binge watched like the entire David Letterman thing, which was which is dropped this week as well. Very fun show. It, it's nothing special. Nothing. Uh, Actually, I think it drops next week. 
The David Letterman? No, it already dropped. I watched it. My um, time with David Letterman? Yeah, it's on there already. My time's up. My no, my time with David Letterman or something? Isn't that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, my time's up with David Letterman. I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw it on the list for next week. I, I know I could, I know it's on there. Hang on. I watched it. Hang on, hang on. No, my next guest. There it is. Okay. My next guest with Letterman. Yeah, yeah. So I watched, let me tell you which ones I watched. I watched the Billie Eilish episode I really enjoyed. I watched the Cardi B one, which was good. The Ryan Reynolds one, which was it was kind of funny. Um, funny enough, David, Ryan Reynolds plays Ryan Reynolds in that. Um, David Letterman has one called That's My Time, which is what I thought uh, you were talking about that drops June 7th. Oh, okay. I didn't know you had multiple things. And then Kevin Durant. I like the Kevin Durant episode as well. Uh, and the last big show, of course, is uh, Obi-Wan. Little yeah. Star Wars action, which uh, I have seen the first two episodes and I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Yes, yeah, some some interestingly mixed reviews. Some people are talking about it, you know, being a masterpiece. Uh, some people have said they were been very disappointed. I'm curious. Uh, I have not. I watched Emergency this morning first mm -hmm. instead, but. I thought Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi was argue, inarguably the best part of the prequel trilogy. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see him revisit that character. So, look, a uh, little girl that plays a uh, little Princess Leia, Viv her name is Vivian. She's incredible. Uh, the acting in it is very good, obviously. Um, it's it's world building. Episode one's world building. Episode two is world building. The end of the episode two, you're like, holy shit. And um, Ewan McGregor, I mean, I think very, very good in this so far. And, and to be honest with you, he, he has one of the best acted moments, I think, in, in any Star Wars ever. Like, and it's just the final like five minutes of episode two. And I don't even know if he said a word. Um, so I'm going to do one last pitch too. If you are a Star Trek fan, you should be watching Strange New Worlds. Uh, I'm not a Star Trek fan, and I, will I, not I know uh, that's fine. But it's also, so I'm going to make one last pitch for somebody. I just realized it's number one still in TV shows. Congratulations! It won't last much longer. Lincoln Lawyer finished it. Incredible show. Loved it. Fox loves it. I love it. Uh, I'm pretty excited because obviously, it's crazy that Stranger Things is number four in TV shows, which is showing on the top ten. But Lincoln Lawyer still grabs that number one spot. It's because won't, won't be for much longer. Yeah, <laughs> the end of the but, day is what. You're but it doesn't about. matter. It doesn't matter. It's still there. As of right now, it's still there. I mean, we're talking midday here. It's eleven o'clock. It's been on there for like twelve hours. It's still number one. I don't care. Watch it, Lincoln Lawyer. I, and please bring a season two Netflix. Bring me season two. I really liked it. I thought it was really good made, well made. Um, Next week, I think, is a little bit of a light week, if I if I recall, um, when it comes to movies. But. Yeah, I think it's that Fire Island one that you saw. Oh, I enjoyed that. I've got some interviews dropping on that coming next week. Man, talking about interviews, I have so many interviews dropping. It's not even funny anymore. I, uh, I had a week full of interviews where I interviewed, obviously, you know, I had the cast of Night Sky. I interviewed this guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. J.K. Simmons, never heard of him before. That was last week. But this week I did the 18 and a half um, run of interviews where I interviewed Willa Fitzgerald. She stars in it. I interviewed Richard Kind, which Richard Kind's career is is incredibly insane. Like I wish I could have been able to pinpoint and pick a lot more of his brain on his entire career. 
Um, he did have one of my favorite, you know, moments of an interview where he talked about that Marvel versus independent film. But we're talking about a guy that's been inside out. He was an Argo, a serious man, a bug's life. Um, he's on the Goldbergs. He voices somebody on American Dad, which I've never seen in my life. But he's got he's had a storied career. But 18 and a half is, is a really good film. And then this morning I had my interview drop with the director of the film, Dan Mervish. Um, uh, very fun interview across the board with all of these uh, people. And then Alex uh, Ponovic, who plays in Zero Contact, um, he and I had a great conversation um, about that film. Um, yeah, so, and then this coming week, I have interviews with Simon Farnaby and Craig Roberts talking The Phantom of the Open, which is one of the films that is in my top 10 of this year. Very, very well-made film. I can't wait for Fox to see this one. I don't know when it's coming out, like officially. It's coming out June 3rd, select theaters, but I do think it's coming out towards the end of the month officially. And then um, I've got an interview with Fire Island director Andrew Ahn and star Torn Miller, which I have a press day for that coming up. And then Michael Shea, I talked to about Wolfhound. Um, yeah, that was a lot going on. And this coming week's just as busy. Um, I'm excited because I've got some other stuff cooking in the kitchen. Fox and I are always writing and always busy. So, um, but and we're always finding time to talk. Hopefully in the next 10 days, you and I and Amanda will get together. For I'm hoping that we can the do Jurassic, Jurassic Park era. Thing. I'm only, the only thing I'm disappointed is I won't be able to rewatch them all. So I'm trying to manage expectations, but I'm hoping that maybe we can get together to talk about the Jurassic Park era ahead of its release, because I think it can be a lot of fun. I am not looking forward to, but also looking forward to seeing the film. I see it on June 7th. Hopefully it is better than the last third film of the first trilogy. That's the only thing that scares me because, you know, Jurassic World followed the template of Jurassic Park and ended beautifully. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom tried to follow the template of The Lost World and was worse as a film. If they try to follow the template of Jurassic Park 3 and they brought Sam Neill back just to kick him in the nuts again, I'm going to be upset. You hear that, folks? And if you want some more interesting conversations in the world of Twitter, make sure to follow Mr. Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at Ricky Blair We appreciate the continued support of this wild and crazy show that we call the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. And we'll talk to you guys next week.